Hello, and welcome to another edition of Across the States, the premier state policy podcast, courtesy of the American Legislative Exchange Council. Today, we're going to be discussing an important topic concerning the reconciliation bill before Congress, an IRS provision to expand their power to investigate financial transactions, one that touches close to home for millions of Americans. Joining us today is John Moranti, Nebraska State Treasurer, to discuss this in depth. Treasurer Moranti, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you on. Thanks so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to have on guests like you. I know I'm looking forward to this conversation, especially in light of what has been the major point of conversation in Washington, D.C. lately. You know, all the rage on Capitol Hill, especially the Democrats, has been the Biden administration's reconciliation bill proposal. Now, usually the conversation centers around the $3.5 trillion price tag. A lot of money. But you can fit a whole lot of nuance and details in between $3.5 trillion bills and 2,465 pages. Now, slipped into this bill, one of these proposals in the spending spree is a new policy that would dramatically alter the way financial institutions report transactions to the Internal Revenue Service, the IRS. For listeners, John, what is this new policy that the IRS would have under the reconciliation bill? So what the Biden administration is proposing is that all transactions of $600 or more that go into or out of a bank account at any account at any financial institution would be reported to the IRS. This is part of the pay for of the three and a half trillion dollar spending bill. And incredibly enough, they estimate that this will cost $80 billion because it will result in the IRS being flooded with millions of transactions. As you might imagine, there are many, many transactions of $600 or more. This would apply to almost every American. And one of the big lies that's being told about this is that the purpose is to try to identify billionaires who are evading taxes. Well, almost every American has an account that has $600 going into or coming out of it. So this applies to working class Americans all across the country. It is way overbroad, and it's one of the biggest invasions of privacy ever proposed in American government. You can do the math on a napkin, honestly. Like, if you're earning the federal minimum wage of $7.25 an hour, if you work eight hours for 20 days in a month, you are almost double that $600 threshold. So, okay, as you said, President Biden and Speaker Pelosi have been out front pushing this proposal passionately, as you just said, citing the idea that it would target billionaires and millionaires. When in reality, as you pointed out, it would actually hit more Americans. What are the dangers of this proposal for IRS reporting that Biden and Pelosi seem to be either ignoring or unaware of? So there are numerous dangers. First and foremost, this process is very much like what they did with Obamacare, where you have to pass the bill to find out what's in it. What we're discussing (laughs) right now, it's being openly negotiated among Democrats in Washington, and they're discussing it on national media. But it is not in the bill. It is not printed. It's not written down. They're just discussing it amongst themselves with the plan to slip it in to try and get it on the president's desk. So the process is absolutely abhorrent. It's something that would never happen in Nebraska state capitol, for example. But it's also going to be an extraordinary regulatory burden on the banks themselves, especially the local community banks. This is going to cost them an incredible amount of money. That's why almost every bankers association, almost every credit union league has come out against this because at the end of the day, this will be just another cost that's passed down onto middle-class taxpayers. And when you consider that it's being included in a three and a half trillion dollar spending plan, which is just going to take the 
inflation, which is already out of control, and put it on steroids. And now you're asking banks to increase their cost of doing business, and that cost is going to get pushed down to everyday working Americans. It's a complete catastrophe. Absolutely. You know, I think the inflation rate's now 5.4%, they said. Inflation rate's climbing. And I remember when I was in high school, the Tea Party scandal involving the IRS happened with Lois Lerner. And you see this bill, they're proposing not only an increase of funding to the IRS, saying it'll bring back more revenue, but now they're proposing this idea of permitting the IRS to effectively gain access to, if not all, the overwhelming majority of bank accounts with this provision. If this new law takes effect, what doors will this open for abuse by the IRS? Because we all know the IRS, they're public servants, but they have a less than stellar record when it comes to following the law. What doors will this open for potential abuse? Well, we already know that the IRS has been weaponized by Democrats in Washington against their political adversaries. They've used the IRS to go after conservative nonprofits, Heritage Foundation, and many, many others. And not just the IRS, but the tendency of the 21st century left in Washington, D.C. seems to be to weaponize just about every federal agency. I mean, we saw what they did with the Russia collusion hoax, where the intelligence community just made up a story that Vladimir Putin stole the 2016 election with the collusion of Donald Trump, and there was absolutely no truth to it. So I have tremendous concerns about the privacy, about the the ability of the IRS to keep all of these transactions secure but also them using this information against the American people. I think this is a Second Amendment issue. Uh, I think the last thing that the American people want is for the Biden administration to know every time an American citizen spends $600 or more at a gun store. I don't want this administration knowing that kind of information. That's a level of detail that can absolutely be used against American people. So I'm totally opposed to this on financial grounds. It doesn't make any sense. It's going to cost way too much money. Again, it's $80 billion to effectuate the policy. But generally speaking, we have this Fourth Amendment philosophy in this country that if the government is going to require us to turn over our personal information, that they need to at least have some allegation of impropriety, at least accuse us of doing something wrong. Right. Go out and get a warrant if you want to look at my bank account. But in this case, it's every American's being treated as if they're a criminal. And it just makes no sense. You know, I also look at this proposal, and again, tens of billions of dollars being proposed in terms of allocations to the IRS under the promise it'll bring in tenfold amount of revenue. Plus, there's this idea for allowing any $600 or more purchase to be grounds for snooping effectively. Where are the provisions proposed for accountability or for some safeguards? I haven't heard anything of that. Is there anything like that that you heard of before we go into our next question? I have heard nothing about okay, we're going to turn over millions of transactions of $600 or more. What are you doing to secure this information? Because we already know that the IRS is vulnerable to cyber attacks. So you guys are going to have to up your game if you want this level of personal data of every American citizen. And that's not included at all. What we know is that the language that's been floated is so incredibly overbroad. Every account in every financial institution, you're talking everything from retirement accounts to checking accounts to investment accounts. This will apply to everyone. And and many of those have no income tax implication at all. You know, how much money you go out and spend at at the grocery store, how much money you you spend shopping for uh, Christmas presents, there's not an income tax evasion. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. The government has no business knowing this. And I think it boils back to a simple, fundamental 
philosophical disagreement between the right and the left with those of us who are conservative-minded folks looking at tax dollars and looking at the dollars earned by American people, it doesn't belong to us. It doesn't belong to the government. It belongs to the individual American citizens, and it needs to be treated that way. But to some on the left, especially in D.C., it's all government dollars. So the government has access to it, and the government can spend it however they see fit, and that's why we're $30 trillion in debt, and it seems like we're just going to keep digging that hole. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where Let's take the Biden administration at face value that they actually want to address this budget crisis that's growing and it's on the horizon. You know, 2026, the Medicare trust funds run out, Social Security in a decade and a half. You're the treasurer of Nebraska. You have firsthand experience with raising revenue, handling appropriations by the legislature, et cetera. If you were sitting down with Joe Biden today across the table, what would you tell him would be the better idea for addressing this budget crisis than what they're proposing? with this IRS provision? What is a better pathway for economic growth and stability, not just in terms of the economy, but also stable long-term finances for the federal government? What would be your suggestions and blueprint for the Biden administration? Sure. Well, first, I would say stick with what's working. I mean, my gosh, I don't know how many times we have to run this experiment that when you reduce taxes, reduce regulations, allow innovators to innovate and small businesses to do what they do, the government gets more revenues. We saw it with the Trump tax cuts. When the Trump tax cuts happened, revenues to the government went up, not down. So we've run the experiment. We've learned the lesson. Let's just implement those policies that worked the first time and get the government out of the way that people are ready. There is so much pent up spending on behalf of the American citizens that just unleash it. Government needs to get out of the way. But I also think there's a, just a philosophical disagreement between the states and the federal government. We have balanced budget amendments. We don't spend money we don't have. Every single year, we ensure that we do not go into debt. And the federal government doesn't operate that way. I think we need to understand that the problems that are going on in Washington, D.C. are not revenue problems. The problem is not that the American people aren't taxed enough. The problem is a spending problem. They need to reduce their spending and they need to get the out-of-control runaway spending under control. Otherwise, we're going to continue seeing inflation going through the roof and also add in, stop paying people not to work. We can't continue to have a society where we have virtually every business in America is hiring, but because they're being paid to stay home, we have people who are quitting their jobs or not applying for those jobs. It is a recipe for catastrophe. What's remarkable about that, too, is that I remember I saw a stat the other day that the U.S. had a record amount of revenue this last year. It broke every projection for revenue, and that's with a huge labor shortage in terms of people not actually getting into good-paying jobs, adding to the tax base. Like, you're right. It doesn't make sense that revenue is the problem here. There's no doubt about it. I'll give you a microcosm for our state. The federal government has been writing so many checks to the states, and tax revenue at the state level is up so much that we have, as a state, about a $9.5 billion budget, but we're sitting on $7 billion in cash. So we have never had this level of cash within the state coffers before. It's completely unprecedented. Right. But they seem hell-bent to just take that checkbook and keep writing checks. Yeah. So for those state and local lawmakers who, you know, as you just said, the money's coming into the coffers in the federal government, for those state and local lawmakers now listening at home or on the road, how can they get involved in making sure the IRS proposal does not take effect and to pursue, as you laid out, a more common sense and a more measured, rooted in reality approach 
to budgeting in terms of the IRS powers? What are some ways for them to help play a role in stopping this bad idea from reaching the resolute desk for the president's signature? How can they get involved and how can they pursue a better path? Well, I think the first thing that everyone needs to do is raise awareness of this issue. It is extraordinarily unpopular. It is unpopular in a bipartisan basis. There was a morning consult poll that was out uh, recently that said that 70% of Americans are opposed to the idea that every time we spend or deposit $600 that the IRS needs to know about it. So there is bipartisan opposition to this, but the American people need to know what's happening. As I said previously, this can't be another, we pass the bill and find out what's in it later. This needs to be something that's on the radar screen of every American citizen. And then the members of Congress need to know about it. It's one thing to do a reckless spending bill of three and a half trillion dollars. The federal government's been irresponsible financially for decades from both political parties. But to have this level of an invasion of privacy is an idea so bad that there is bipartisan, broad opposition to it. And I would also encourage all lawmakers, communicate with your community banks, communicate with your local credit unions, and have them discuss with their account owners what this will mean for average everyday account owners across this country and how much of a burden this will be on the financial institutions. And then, of course, what it will mean for those costs being passed down to the consumer. It's going to be a disaster for the American people. And once people know about it and Congress hears from the American people, I'm confident that this provision is so unpopular that it'll be stripped. You know, it's interesting. Usually the IRS, when it comes to taxation, Congress gives them the tax to hand down. But as you're saying, this would effectively be a tax from the IRS directly on actual business activity in terms of them having the extra cost of reporting all this information. Is that a fair assessment? That is a fair assessment. This is a regulatory burden that it doesn't make any sense. I I appreciate what they claim that they're going after, which is billionaires who are evading taxes, but there's no income threshold in this proposal. They always said that they wouldn't raise taxes on people making $400 or less. Well, this applies to everybody. This doesn't have any sort of income threshold. So it's irresponsible and it is a terrible approach to crafting serious, reasonable public policy. Right. $600. If I get a check for $10 billion, the IRS should probably investigate because I'm not earning that money. But $600, come on, come on. Well, Treasurer Maranti, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for joining us on Across the States. Thanks so much. And thank you to our listeners for joining us on today's episode. Be sure to tune in next time for more of the Premier State Policy Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Fisher, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Across the States, the leading state-focused policy podcast presented by the American Legislative Exchange Council, the premier free market organization of and for legislators. To learn more about our work or to make a tax-deductible donation, visit alec.org. Tell us what you think on Facebook and Twitter at Alec States. The views and opinions expressed on Across the States are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the American Legislative Exchange Council. 